I'm glad the presence of the Lord is in the house. We're not just here meeting with each other, although that's not bad. You're likable. Uh, (laughs) uh, But we're here meeting with God, and He is here with us. So we can always have a high expectation, almost uh, the, the mystical anticipation of anything could happen because He is here with us. Praise God. Amen. I've been sharing with you the last few weeks a new series called We Are Life Church. This message is intended to reveal and explain our DNA. Okay, we are, uh, the, we are a part of the, the church. Okay, the church meaning God's people all around the planet and in heaven. Uh, we are what you would call a local church. We are one part of a very exciting and very big thing that God is doing. We're part of His family, and we are very much like other churches across the globe. Uh, and then we have other aspects to us that are more unique to our calling, uh, and, and that's what we want to focus on. What has the Lord called us to? Again, some of these have crossover with all believers and all Uh, real churches, and then others are more distinct and unique to us and who we are. So, praise God. I'm happy to be a part of something God's doing. Amen. 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 And I know that what He's doing is uh, is here. This is one of the things He's doing. We're not... uh, just getting together by accident seemed like a good idea. We didn't just stumble into this building one year. You know, we, all these things are uh, planned by the Lord. And the reason we can end up in the right place is because, because we recognize He does have a plan and we seek Him for Him to reveal it to us. And then we take intentional steps of faith to follow it. I mean, no, God's plan for your life doesn't automatically come to pass. I know that might be a wake-up call to some. Well, I think whatever the Lord wants to do, that's just going to happen. I wish. (laughs) I wish I could sit back on my couch and God's will would automatically happen. No, but I found out that uh, the grace of God must be received. The plan of God must be discovered and then followed. And and, and He'll reveal Himself to you if you'll seek after Him. If you don't, I mean, He'll be right in front of you and you won't recognize Him. You could even be in a service like this, and, and you see people like me sometimes going, wow, it's good in here. Oh, glory to God. His presence is here. And you're going, what in the world is he talking about? I think he's crazy. Well, either I am or you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jury's still out. No. <laughs> but maybe I recognize. Maybe some of us recognize something that's very real. It's not just concocted in our imagination. It's a real experience with a living God. But he is able to be ignored. Meaning, if you don't seek after him, you don't give any weight to the things that he says, his plan, it will blow right on past you. But those who will seek him, they'll find. Amen. Those who ask will receive. Those who knock, to them it shall be opened. But the Lord has put this in our control. And when we follow after his plan, because we choose to, he smiles. Amen. I know some parts of the world, they have like arranged marriages and stuff and different cultures and history. And, uh, you know, and I guess it works out okay for some of these folks. But I sure like the fact that my wife had to say yes. (laughs) Meaning she had the option to say no. She could have. 
but she didn't. I don't know. That just means a little bit more to me than you had to. Amen. Let's get back into our DNA. <laughs> I've been talking to you about our values, about our, mission, about our mission. I want to share a little bit along the lines of vision today. I want to talk to you about our future, how we see ourselves in the, in the months and years to come. I want to start with Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, a very uh, well-known verse because it uses the word vision, at least in the King James Bible it does. King James translation reads this way, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Amen. Now, we're not under the law of Moses when that was written, but we just upgrade that to whoever keeps the word, follows God's plan for their life, you know, does, obeys the commands of the Lord, so forth. What happens to that person? He's, he's, come on now. He's happy. Happy. I think most people want to be happy. Yeah. The Lord gives us the prescription right here. You can be happy. And if you say it with a little extra H, it works better. Some people are just happy and some people are happy. (laughs) Amen. Come on, stretch it out with me. Say it together. Happy. Yeah. Well, you can get there. He says, whoever does this is happy. Listen to this uh, New King James. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But he who keeps, he is happy who keeps the law. Uh, New Living Translation. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is happy. Amen. People do not accept divine guidance. They run wild. I don't know if that describes your life today, running wild. Let God guide you. Receive divine guidance. You will end up with a smile on your face. People often chase the smile. They chase the happy, but they do it in human terms. They, they do it with human reasoning and wisdom and earthly wisdom. And I tell you, when you'll seek God's plan for your life, you end up in happy. Amen. Happy's okay. Happy's God. It's just a matter of how you get there. You know how sometimes people say, well, I know, uh, you know, I know I'm married, but this other woman, she makes me happy. And God wants me to be happy. And justification starts happening. No, no, you're going to end up in a sad house. Your happiness is going to be very short-lived. Hallelujah. Happy. God's way, his guidance, his revelation, his vision. I want to share with you four, (laughs) some things I say make me laugh a minute. It's like, why did I say that? And sometimes it's God. Uh, So I do pray that way, by the way. And you prayed that way, didn't you? Didn't you pray? So a bunch of you prayed for this service already, and you asked God to speak. And so don't discount things that I say. (laughs) Nor be offended. Can't believe you said that. Well, you prayed about it, didn't you? And if you didn't, you should have. What are you doing coming to church not praying? Help me, Jesus. Four main components to, these, to what I want to share to you about, about our vision. I want to share two of those with you today. All right, two. And then the other two I want you to guess all week long. Maybe we'll have a prize if you get it right. But four main components. The first one is, is that God has called us to be a great church. We see ourselves as being a great church. And what I mean by that is in particular... 
uh, where people walk closely with God, exercise their redemptive rights, and use their gifts to advance the kingdom. I think where that is happening, you could say, this is great. This is a really great thing happening here. Uh, In the early years of my calling, uh, the Lord began to reveal himself to me and talk to me about what he wanted to do in my life. This, This started when I was Just out of high school, I was going to Boise State University. I never lived here. I wasn't from here, but I was here that year, and at that time, I didn't know I'd be back, okay? But I was going to college here, and it was in the month of October. It was on a Thursday night, and and which, by the way, that just says I went to stuff extra beyond Sunday. There's God works in people's lives when they do extra stuff. Not just uh, the, re- the required, you know, minimums to be a Christian. All right, that's another message right there. <laughs> anyway, the Lord had began, I had already been saved for a while. I had a relationship with God, but it was, it was lighting up during this period. And I would worship God. I've told you some of those stories before. I began to worship God. I couldn't wait to get my hands in the air. And, and I was drawing near to the Lord, and, and it was a powerful time. But anyway, I was in this service. And, and a man of God uh, was praying for me, and, and he had this word. Now, I didn't know this was going to happen. This was less than two miles away from here. It's interesting to me. Uh, he, had this, he had this word, and it was not complex. It was not, you know, specific or detailed or something that you would sit back and say, oh, wow, how did he know? He just said this, God has great things for you. And as simple as that was, as short as that was, it registered inside of me. It got my attention, and something started. <laughs> Some things began to be set in motion. I knew that, and, and yeah, I can say that for, in, in a general sense, you can say that to anyone. But when God inspires someone to say it, and it's a word from God, great things for you. Wow. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Great things, but I never let go of it. And what happened is as I continued then to walk with God and pursue his plan for my life, and it was unveiled little by little by little, uh, before I was, I was heading to go to Bible college, there had been a shift in my, the direction of my life, and, and I met before I even went there. I met this other minister. I was at a, another church service. And I met a minister from Australia, and someone introduced me to him, and he looked at me. I remember meeting. I can still see it to this day, standing there, and I met him. And when he looked at me, it, like, it was interesting because it seemed like he looked through me. And it wasn't kind of, you know, weird, ozone just powerful. And you know what he said to me? He said, God, he, probably, he said it with an Australian accent. Uh, how, how do you say that? God's, God's got great things for you. <laughs> but he said, God has great things for you. And I thought, I've heard that before. And the Lord is getting my attention. And he wanted me to be mindful of this. And it, I wondered about this. Has it kept happening? I kept thinking, I must not be getting this. Because even I, I was 
on trained for ministry. I entered ministry, and it would still happen to me. People I've never met before, people I didn't know, uh, many times in services, they call, they point me out and say, God has great things for you. It's like, are you talking to people? Is, is this word getting around? And it happened, it's, it's, it even happened after I had been in ministry for years. And someone I didn't know, they, and that was the extent of the word. No details, no, no further revelation, same exact word. And I began to realize, I must not know this like I think I know it. I must not be getting this like... I think I understand that, but the Lord wanted me to wrap my mind around it. Apparently, he didn't want me to think too small or too insignificant. He wanted me to grasp this. At one point, I thought, well, I better look this up. I I went to the dictionary. Here's what I read. Unusually or comparatively large in size or dimensions. Large in number, numerous, great herds of buffalo. (laughs) That was the the example. (laughs) Uh, Unusual or considerable in degree, power, intensity. And the illustration there was great pain. I thought, no, that's not it. (laughs) But power, intensity. Another definition said first rate, excellent. So I began to just ponder this and say, well, what does the Lord want me to think about when he says, I have great things for you? So I'm trying to understand and enlarge my vision, but I can recognize some truths. There's a principle in the word of God about how he will use one person, but that calling, that gifting, that anointing is never intended just to elevate or exalt one person's life or to, you know, make them the center of attention or anything like that. But it's designed, it gets in one person and then it goes out and it spreads. And that, that giftedness, that anointing spreads to many people. That's a great work. It's not a great work if I just have a blessed life. I mean, that's what Jesus did for me, but he did it for you. That's a personal benefit of being saved, having a blessed life. But that's not by any means what I would interpret. God has great things for you. Meaning what? I'm going to be rich or something? I'm going to, you know, have some nice things and take some good vacations? Not even close. That does not describe what the Lord has in mind. It has to do with people and their lives being changed. It has to do with his kingdom and his glory. And it has to do with eternity. It is when people are walking closely with God. People that were far away are now close. It's when people are, are exercising their redemptive rights. And they're saying, no, I'm not going to have this. But in the name of Jesus, I bind this, I loose this. And they're walking in the power of God themselves. Amen. It's when people are using their gifts to advance the kingdom. Listen to this passage from Numbers. This will explain a little bit of this principle. Number six, uh, Numbers 11 Verse 16 and 17. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the same on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. 
Now notice the Lord just didn't want people to help Moses. He said, I want them to come and stand with you. And I want to take what's on you and put it on them. So Moses isn't the only one functioning in the power of God. The spirit upon them would be, we would say, the anointing. It's an, it's an enablement from God to do something beyond your natural physical uh, abilities. Okay? When the power of God, you remember Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel Right? To heal the brokenhearted, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So it was a human being anointed with the Spirit of God to do what a human being couldn't do. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and the Lord told Moses, I'm going to take what I put on you, and I'm going to put it on them too. And, and this is part of what I would recognize as, as God's working in me and part of the manifestation and realization of a call to great things is that many lives are lifted. Many lives be, take on significance. Many lives go beyond what is humanly possible, what they are able to do in their natural selves. And the Spirit of God lifts them up to do great things for Him. He would not call me to do something great and then surround me with mediocrity. And the idea is, is that he would bring people that also carried that same spirit, but then also those who didn't, but it would be added to them. Those who were down in the dumps, those who were in despair, and the Lord would turn their life around and make them spiritually conscious and aware of his great plan and purpose for their own lives and for what we could do together. You see, you have a unique calling, a unique place in God's family. It belongs solely unto you. No one else can take it. No one else can do what you can do. And then the Lord has called us, he does this all across the world, calls people to be together. He unites hearts. He knits us together from the inside out so that when we are established as one, his plan and purpose could be accomplished, his will could be carried out in the earth, and amazing results would transpire that will last for eternity. He has done this in the past. He is doing it all over the world today. And he is doing it in this house. And according to his plan for this ministry, he is uniting hearts and bringing a gifted person here and another one here and one who is financially enlarged over here and one who, is, who has influence and has, has, uh, uh, carries weight in their life over here. And he unites together to make one united, powerful team. It is the working of God, nothing less. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's doing it. He's working it in us today. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you've heard the, the saying... That if you want to fly with the eagles, you shouldn't keep hanging around the turkeys. <laughs> and the Lord has, is bringing greatness together. Praise God. Yeah, I tell you, if someone has ever thought about their own life and thought, I'm not much, I don't really matter that much, be a part of something that God's doing. 
immediately. I mean, you carry, you carry significance to him as an individual. I want you to know you're valuable to him, but he loves you individually, no matter what you have done or what you ever will do. It's not performance-based. He just loves you. But I tell you, being a part of something that he is doing, it brings a greater significance to, to, to our lives. Paul wrote to Timothy, he used this example of the great house. I want to read that from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and, and verse 19 through 21. He said, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So what, what's that word to? If someone says, I'm a Christian, or I'm a believer, or I belong to Jesus, what should you do? Keep on sinning because we're under grace and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's not what he said. He said, if you're naming the name, he said, depart from iniquity. If you wear the t-shirt and have the bumper sticker, what should you do? <laughs> Stop acting like the world does. Right? You're saved, so I act like you're saved. That's a good word for all of us. That's not a word of condemnation. It is a word of be who you were created to be. There's a problem in our world when the church doesn't act like the church. We act like we're defeated and we're afraid because, you know, hey, you, you say Jesus is the way and you could get canceled. You know, you start proclaiming truth and righteousness and holiness and someone's going to say, oh, you're a this or that or the other. And there's a lot, of, a lot more pressure building in our, in our land today for people to deny the Lord. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to water this thing down. I'm not going to, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Verse 20, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some, of, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So there are vessels of gold and silver. There are those who haven't departed from iniquity. They are wood and clay. They are dishonorable. And uh, according to this, there'll be those that come among us, right? And we should be aware of that. We know we live in the, in the era of fake news, right? Lots of fake news. You got real news. You got fake news. Is there such thing as a fake Christian? According to this, there must be. They're naming the name, they're playing the game, but they're not real believers. They're not, they're not true Christians, they are vessels of dishonor. Now, it's not your job to go find them. I think you're faking it. You're not the real thing. Or you see someone make a mistake or do something wrong. Oh, you must be of the devil. <laughs> you're the goat and not the sheep. You're the tare and not the wheat. <laughs> You've been planted. No, that's not our. This is for self-reflection, right? Amen. Amen. Self-reflection. We want to be vessels of honor. We want to be among those that make the house great. We want to be among those that are useful to the master and prepared for every good work. And so, I don't think the Lord is going to do great things through me without that involving you. I want to encourage you in your life, be a part of something great. 
In fact, be a part of the reason that it is great. Amen. You could be part of the reason. Man, it's a great work. Man, it's a great house. Why is it so? Well, I don't don't know, but I'm doing my best to be a useful vessel. A willing vessel, a useful vessel. That doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you don't ever make mistakes. God couldn't use any of us if that were the case. But we, are, we can be vessels of honor and choose that and be a part of his work in these days. Amen. You know, if you share with someone in the burden, you will also share with them in the blessing. There's a principle of, that works on both sides of the equation. There is a burden. That means it takes effort. It takes time. It takes energy, it takes faith, it takes believing. And then there is also the blessing that follows. You know, Paul wrote to the Philippians. And, and, and he said something to them that was a compliment and yet carried a lot of weight. It's Philippians 4.15. He said, now you Philippians know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So Paul was a traveling minister This church was giving. They were financially supporting his ministry. He said no one else was doing that, but you guys were. And you know this church is the one that got the promise that we all kind of cling on to? In it's verse 19 where he said, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's always interesting to me. We often will quote that and just everyone latches on to it. Context is king. It is important to, to realize that that promise came to a group that was supporting him financially. He had a vision. He had a calling. He had, God had called him to change the world and do many great things. And some people got involved with it. They shared in the burden. And they also got to share in the blessing. Someone says, I just want the blessing. <laughs> I know it. I know it. That's why I'm teaching. I want you to have the blessing too. I want you to see the big picture though. See how these things work. They shared in his distress, his need for material things, and they qualified for that promise. Let's move on to number two. I'm going to have to go quicker now. Praise God. Anybody recognize the Lord working? Recognize the Lord speaking? I tell you, God is in this. And so not only great, a great church, but a growing church, a growing church. This is a church that reaches thousands of people in the Boise area and beyond, a growing church. Say, well, we've already grown, I know, and we haven't seen anything yet. And someone said, well, I don't know if I like that. Well, if, you, if you're God-minded, if you have God's heart, you, you will be that way. So I don't want it to be too big. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You don't want to fight against the Lord. As long as there are people around us in our valley and in our world that are far from God, we must keep growing. We must. It's just the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, it seems like anything that's alive grows. You ever notice that? When things are are dead or dying, that's when they stop growing. And so we're not going to go down that path. You know, even some certain creatures grow from birth until they die. Creatures like uh, uh, lizards and snakes, amphibians, and coral. 
See, I looked that up on the interweb. (laughs) They're called indeterminate growers. They grow their whole life. Isn't that cool? I know as as human beings, we also, we don't necessarily keep growing taller and so forth, but there's always parts of us that are growing. Your hair keeps, sorry. Uh, Your your, your hair keeps growing. (laughs) I meant your beard. And different things. Because we're alive, there are things in us that that keep growing. And for the church, for the body of Christ, this is natural. This is normal. It's the way God created us to be. Uh, When we are alive, we keep growing. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 19. Uh, He said, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Okay, holding fast to the head, that's Jesus. Basically, when someone does, when we do hold fast to Jesus, the head of the church, we're, we're tight with him, his commands, his will, his plan, his nourishment, the supply of his word and spirit flowing constantly through us. We grow with an increase that is from God. Okay. When I see that there is an increase from God, it makes me wonder if there is an increase that's not from God. Is it possible for something to grow and God not be in it? I really believe that's the case. Sometimes uh, things grow through compromise and through catering to what people want instead of truth. But I don't want that kind of growth. I don't want just the growth that, you know, is manifested in, in people, in material things, in, in finances or buildings or recognition. I don't want that kind of growth. I want the kind of growth that's recognized in heaven. You know, they, they come up with these who's who's list. Who's who among certain groups? Well, I wonder who's who in heaven. The who's who of heaven are not those that promote and exalt themselves. Who's who in heaven are those that humble themselves and let Jesus be exalted. We hold fast to the head. We say, the Lord be magnified. Amen. And in that, God kind of growth happens. Yeah. Say, what what about, does God want us to grow financially? He wants all of us to grow financially, but not through bank robbery. That's increase, if you're successful. Or not through any other shady means. He he doesn't want deception or manipulation or any, no, but he wants people to increase. Our heart is we seek increase that comes from him. His way, his plan, his time, his motivation. And when that kind of increase comes, I tell you, no devil from hell can take it away from you. No person, no, no economic downturn, no, no virus, no riot, no any other, no fire. Nothing's going to take away from you what comes from God. If something is ever short-term a hindrance to you, you'll bounce right back. Because you didn't get it on your own. It came from your relationship with him. If you find out what holding fast to the head will produce in your life, you'll do it all your days. You'll wake up with Jesus on your mind. Amen. And when something negative happens to you, your first thought will be him, not panic, not fear, not what am I going to do? Not Jesus. He's my savior. He's the answer. He's my closest friend. He is my strong tower, my strength in time of need. He is my victory and will cause me to succeed. Praise God.
hold fast to the head and we'll grow with the increase that is from God. Amen? And so growth is a God thing. We see Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and told them your faith grows exceedingly. That's a good thing. We keep growing in, in faith. And the Lord has blessed this house with continual growth. Since we, since we started. Since we began. There's something about, it's like, I think God's in this. Because I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. But he keeps blessing us. He keeps increasing. Lives keep getting changed and bodies keep being healed and miracles keep happening. And I can't help but think we haven't only, we've only scratched the surface. We're just getting started. Here we go. And God is going to show himself so strong and mighty in our midst. It was his idea that a great work would be established. It is his idea that it would grow and grow and grow with an increase that comes from him until the day when the Lord splits the sky and we meet him in the air. He has blessed this house. And you can be a part of this. Yeah? You can be a part of a growing movement. A growing work of God. So how can I be a part of it? Well, lots of ways. But the basics are this. Come. And good job. I'm sure glad you're here today. Come. Invite other people to come and be a part. Not only invite them, bring them. It's one thing to send an invitation. It's another thing to honk at their, in front of their house. <laughs> invite other people. To come, uh, bring them, promote. It's easy these days with the internet and social media to promote and let the word get out more and more and more and promote it, engage. In other words, don't just be uh, the paralyzed part of the body, but be active and functioning. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, there may be someone here who has some type of paralysis in, in part of your body. Usually that's uh, not considered a blessing. Um, that is restrictive. You're able to do less. If you couldn't use, for example, one, uh, an arm, uh, you would be, you'd be able to do less, right? You could, if you were, half of your body was paralyzed, you might struggle with more things than the person who was fully functional in their physical body, right? What if a church were that way? What if half the body were alive and active and they're doing their thing and they're able to, and the other, and, and half the body was just there? I mean, what would that do to a local church? What would that do to the move of God if half the body were working? And the other half were kind of like some of you want to say, amen. And the other, one, other half of you want to say. <laughs> some of you spoke up right then so you wouldn't be classified with the paralyzed part. <laughs> Am I messing with you now? You did pray about the service, right? And you prayed that I'd say things that, that God, okay, just checking. <laughs> so, so I think we can all be a part of something great something growing and we can not just observe from afar and not just have our name on the roll but we can be a part of what God wants to do in this house in the earth today we've asked some people who have come 
And they say, how did you get here? What, what, what was the reason you showed up at church or when you started, when you first came? We've asked, how did you end up here? One person said, my realtor told me about it. Now watch, these people aren't saying, well, God spoke to me. From heaven, I saw a great sign. Or the pastor called me. And invited. He said, my realtor invited me. Another one said, the guy who worked on my furnace told me about it. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Another person said, it was a family member. They, they're the, one that one, the ones that invited me. Another person said, it's someone I work with. They told me about the church, and they came. I want you to recognize, though, some of these people got saved when they came. Some of them are some of you. Others were already Christians, and they were, didn't have a church for some reason, and they came. Uh, uh, another person, they, they said, uh, my kids invited me. So the kids invited the parents. I don't know if those were adult kids or, or younger, but that's how it happened. Uh, someone else said, I have friends here. They invited me. They, they, they told me I, I should come. Um, another person said, well, I was, at the, I was at a coffee shop, and someone told me about the, about the church, and so I came. You know, some people have it in their mindset that not anyone wants to come to church. People in the world today, people, they don't really want this. Why are so many people responding to these invitations? I think a lot more want God than you realize. A lot more people are open. Yeah, there's some people who are closed, you know, are closed off to these things, and it might be worth the risk. What if they tell me no? You'll survive. <laughs> It's not the end of the world. You don't even have to be mad at them. Another person said, uh, a person, oh, I read that one. Another person said, I came for my friend's baptisms. My friend's baptism. Isn't that cool? We did that today. Congratulations to those baptized. We're, ba we're baptizing 16 people today. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Amen. Maybe some of you are here because of some of those who got baptized. Yeah. That's, a, that's an outward. See, those people who got baptized, they already got saved. A bunch of them, I don't know all the, the details, a bunch of them got saved recently in the last couple weeks or months. They got saved here. And others got saved in other, other times in, in their life. That's not when they got saved. I, I, I don't want to go to hell. I need to get baptized. No, you need to receive Jesus. That's the, that's the outward work. That's the outshowing of the salvation experience. Another person told us, they said, I came... Because the, the, mor the mortgage officer invited me. <laughs> They're buying their house. They're signing their papers. And that person told them, hey, you should go to that church. Or go to my church or whatever they said. I don't any I want any of us to think that we are outside of the scope of God using us to really impact a life for eternity. If someone said, well, I'm not a preacher. I know, but I can only do what I can do. I'm fulfilling God's plan. Most people are not called to do this. But if we all do these kind of things, we make a huge difference in eternity. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I look forward to sharing with you number three and four next time. Praise God. Father.